Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Walden. My guest today is Alessandro Meniconi. Alessandro is the enologist for the Perticaia Winery in Umbria. Welcome. Thank you. So, just give me a little bit of background on you before we start. Did you did you always know you were going to work in wine? Did you come from a winemaking family? A family <laughs> of racing drivers, astronauts? I'm Montefalcese, so the Sagrantino is in my blood, okay? For sure, when I started making wine, I was very young at the beginning. Uh, the fashion of winemaking was in, in my dream from my family because we had a very small home production of, of wine, but just only in every house of the town. So so this uh, was just, you had a little bit of vineyard just for family, family yes, consumption. Yes, yeah, very, 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 very small vineyards. And then I had the opportunity to study enologist in the Perugia University and Perticaia is uh, in few words my first love really uh, why because it's uh, it was my first work experience and uh, I've started there to making uh, 15 days of practice and now I, how old were you then I was 20 21 uh, I was 20 I was doing my practice uh, pr- uh, for the university the so pra- yeah, the practical work for the yes, university yeah? and um, I had to do 15 days and now I'm 11 years that I'm uh, crashing the grapes with my hands in the state so it was very fun because I'm starting very young uh, really without without know a lot about this beautiful job that now I, consu- I, con- I can consider the best job of the world because you work in the middle of the nature working only with a fruit and they managed to test that product after 10, 15 days and, and actually in the other side of the world sometimes uh, sharing it with uh, other people without with other interesting and with with other culture is absolutely magic so do you sell the wine as well i also sell the wine i'm also the export manager for the state and so do you I, clean the loo as well or i mean mend the, mend the tractors is there anything that you don't do in uh, in vertigo <laughs> for every occasion i have a, a, a different title <laughs> okay okay so, <laughs> i've started there for making wine and it's fun when i travel promoting the wine i'm not a salesman. i'm not a good salesman, but i love to say i promote the wine and when you can promote them knowing very well how the wine is made what is exactly the philosophy of the state and try to share all the passion that we put in our in our job every day it's uh, it's much more easy it's very natural okay so how big is Pertica? how much how big is the vineyard Perticaia it's about 16 hectares we are in Casale di Montefalco that is one of the the area in the south of the appellation and so this means that generally the maturation of the grape arrives few days before then uh, the other side of the appellation so that area is made with very gentle yields not heavy or difficult uh, composition of the soil so this means that also the wine generally are quite more approachable and elegant and the maturation arrives very fast and uh, we are very happy because this is uh, also part of our goal uh, trying to make wines uh, 
very clean, elegant, fresh, easy to understand. And uh, in our idea, people when drink a glass of Sagrantino, we like if they can drink it without suffer. <laughs> I want to be honest because people image this Sagrantino like a monster. Yes, maybe sometimes it can be, but we are fan, a big fan of a Sagrantino also fresh, clean, elegant, and easy to understand also when it's young and not only after 15 or 20 years. What is the secret to making a Sagrantino from Montefalco that is that is um, smooth and not too aggressive and tannic? What, do you, what, do you do, what are you doing in the vineyard and what are you doing most of all in the winery? Exactly, you are correct. First of all, we have to have a good approach from the vineyards. One of uh, our secrets is try to produce maximum one bottle of wine per plant. So try to concentrate much more as possible in the, in the vineyards, the maturation of the tannins and wait and wait and wait. People ask me, but if you wait too much, the risk is big. What do you, what you also do? And I answer, I pray a lot. <laughs> Umbria is very rich in saint. And so we pray sometimes if we, if we need some rain or some cooler temperature. And it's very important to chew in the skin every day, especially in the last period before the, before the harvest, before picking the grape, chew in the skin, understand the quality of the tannins. And only when they are completely ready we harvest the grape and we are not afraid to work it in the cellar working a lot in the maceration of the skin I'm not a big fan of uh, strong extraction of the tannins, but I'm a big fan of quality extraction of the tannins. So it can be strange if I tell you that we do over 60 days of maceration. Oof. And uh, people, when I say this, uh, you are crazy. You're working with the most tannic grape of the world and you are not afraid to, to macerate the skin so long. But it's exactly after a so long time that the tannins start to become bigger and softer and they start to polymer rice and um, working very well with the quality of the grape with the right temperature and we used to work with spontaneous yeast from our first vintage maybe this is the secret for the fermentation and the, for the vinification well process. because you get you get a slower fermentation yes with the spontaneous yeast with natural yeast and then the other big challenge is the use of the wood where we have to be very careful because uh, uh, we are working with a very tannic grape and so we have to be very careful to don't give to the wine more tannins. So, so what kind of wood are you using? The, the, the kind of wood, the kind of oak and also the size? Are you working with small barrels or larger tonneaux, 500 we, liters? We, we used to work with uh, mixed barrels from a small French barrique to 25 hectoliters wood barrels. It depends a lot on the vineyards that we are working because we harvest all the vineyards separated. We vinify them separated and the passing in wood is the aging in wood is separated for each single vineyard. So, so each each even before you pick it, each little plot will have its own journey through the winery. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how and long did it take you to uh, you're obviously very enthusiastic. How long did it take you to really feel you got a, a really good understanding of where each or how each plot should be fermented and aged? Is that but, an ongoing process or do you think you've 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 cracked it well it's something very long eh? sometimes i think uh, for my experience uh, in, uh, in perticaia maybe now after 15 16 harvest we have a better idea of which vineyards can make a different results and uh, time of harvest uh, kind of uh, uh, fermentation kind of aging but um, the vintage when you think okay now i know everybody everything i know everything about my estate is 
the exact year when everything changed. So you have maybe an idea where that vineyards can usually be the best of your entire uh, property. And maybe it's happened that you have the hottest vintage of ever, like 2017. And maybe the best Sagrantino that we had, it came from the coolest side that sometimes that generally the other years made uh, more uh, simple Sagrantino. So it depends a lot also on the vintage but now we have an idea till now we, we did only one sagrantino because at the end of the aging we blend all the single vineyards together so we never made a single vineyards uh, sagrantino do you think you would in the future i think in the future when we will be more mature in terms of uh, experience with our vineyards uh, maybe this can be part of our uh, our project for the future yes so you also make a white wine as well from the trebbiano spoletino tell me a little bit about Trebbiano Spoletino or Spoletino. Trebbiano Spoletino is one of the new fancy grape uh, rediscovery in the last few years. Uh, it's a grape very, very old, actually more than uh, 500 years of history for this grape. And people ask me, but why if it's old only in the last 10, 12 years people rediscover it? The big problem is that the grape is very particular. To be a Trebbiano, part of the family of the Trebbiano actually is completely different to the other Trebbiano that we know. And uh, one of the big difference is that it's ready very, very late in the end of October. So, so it ripens very late very very late and the end of October for a farmer can be nerve-wracking <laughs> a very very hard and busy period because we are in the middle of the harvest for the Sagrantino we are full of grape in the cellar we are starting to pick the olives we are in the middle of planting the seeds the rains are starting to come and so the farmers in the past say but I'm not crazy I don't want to, to become crazy growing Trebbiano Spoletino I prefer to maybe make other grapes like Grechetto or Trebbiano Toscano that are ready generally in the beginning of September. So the only way how the grapes survive during this time is because people usually pick the grapes, they leave it at home to make raisins to eat for Christmas. This was the tradition until less than 20 years ago. There were very, very few small micro producers that uh, grow the grape, but mostly for blending. But the idea to make Trebbiano Spoletino to vinify it as a single wine is very, very recent. Vertigai is very proud to be one of the first producers that decided to rediscover the grape. We did an our own clone selection and the vineyards that now we have in the state are uh, part of our uh, big project of clone selection that starting checking around the area very old plant of Trebbiano Spoletino during this year draft with the American roots after that and uh, a lot of uh, experiment in the cellar of vinification and aging now we have our own selection of uh, Trebbiano Spoletino and uh, we started for joke uh, to be honest in 2006 and now the wine represent one of the symbol of the state. What are the flavors in a, in a Spoletino? What are we looking for? The wine has a very intense nose, very aromatic, very tropical sometimes. So tropical and fruit rather than tropical flowers. Tropical fruit, 
good spe- especially when it's young and then uh, with the time it changes a lot and evolves in a much more complex uh, fruit that becomes uh, goes to a yellow flowers uh, and uh, honey and uh, some specific Trebbiano Spoletino maybe if it passes in wood goes to a truffle note very very interesting do you like truffles? <laughs> I love truffles yeah, you had such a big smile on your face when <laughs> <laughs> you said it went to this kind of truffle note I was like oh, you've yeah. got to be a truffle hound yeah we are very lucky to be honest in Umbria yes. <laughs> I don't want to say that we make breakfast every day with truffle but <laughs> it can happen to do you have truffle dogs do you go hunting truffles not me personally too but I have some friends and sometimes we share this passion together yes it's very fun so you, you like cooking as well I guess yeah yes one of my favorite dishes are the strangozzi that is an our typical pasta it's a long pasta similar to tagliatelle but a little bit uh, larger with uh, truffle and uh, just salt pepper little bit of pepper and a very good extra virgin olive oil and to drink with that what is a good uh, local wine for local wine uh, i suggest uh, a good montefalco rosso reserva okay and so in your case you, you make a montefalco as well don't you yes we also so what is the blend for that is it uh, mainly sagrantino it's mainly sangiovese okay. for 70 percent mm-hmm. and then we complete the blend with a 15 percent of sagrantino and 15 percent of colorino that is another of our uh, indigenous grape uh, very common in uh, the center of Italy especially in Tuscany and uh, in Umbria also generally when you have uh, Sangiovese and you need some color uh, the colorino is there and so this is uh, for sure one of the big characteristics of our uh, Montefalco generally people used to mix international varietal in the blend Uh, our characteristic for the Montefalco Rosso is to use only native uh, grapes Okay, just go back to the um, the Spolettino. What is a good dish with the Spolettino, the white wine? I'm a big, big fan of truffles. Of, we know uh, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not only truffles, but for the Spolettino, you know, sometimes it's a dish that is very, very difficult to to pair with food, to pair with wine, uh, are the asparagus. Right, okay. Try to image scrambled eggs with asparagus, and it's uh, amazing, the Trebbiano Spolettino. Uh, if you are approaching to a Trebbiano Spolettino a little bit older, maybe a Spolettino four, five years old, I can suggest also some... Uh, Uh, white meat like uh, pork fillet you can understand uh, Umbria is a landlocked we have not a big tradition in seafood (laughs) for sure Trebbiano Spoletino is perfect with fish but we are very very lucky because it's a white wine that is also perfect with our Umbrian kind of food that uh, is mostly made of uh, also pig for sure but also a lot of uh, legumes vegetables a lot of dishes that pair very very well with uh, the Trebbiano Spoletino. We also make a selection of uh, the Spoletino, it's a single vineyard called Del Posto. Del Posto is a project born in uh, 2015 for um, two big reasons. One because it was our 10th anniversary from our first production of Spoletino and second because 2015 was really an incredible vintage so it was a perfect occasion to start to make this selection The name Del Posto comes from the origin of the name Trebbiano because the name Trebbiano from the Latin Trebulanum means wine from the place 
that in Italian is vino del posto. Actually you can find Trebbiano from everywhere. This is the reason why you can have Trebbiano from Tuscany for Abruzzo, from Lugana and Spoletino also because it represented in the past the vino del posto, vino del luogo. And so the idea to call it del posto is, uh, this is the reason why we call it del posto because it's the, it's the meaning of the name Trebbiano and uh, a perfect pairing with uh, this kind of Trebbiano that um, trying to explain you in, in few words is much more complex and fat and uh, aromatic uh, can be a good risotto with uh, fish like shellfish and uh, mixed seafood platter exactly with a risotto okay with a risotto yes yes that's quite you come up with some quite healthy dishes eh? risotto is uh, no meat in that so Sagrantino in the vineyard obviously in the winery it seems like a very robust tannic strong sturdy grape variety what, what about um, Sagrantino in the vineyard is it very disease prone very disease resistant easy to work easy to prune well I think in a, if you permit me to pass me this word it's a great bastard but okay. very bastard grape <laughs> <laughs> from the vineyards to the cellar <laughs> it's very very vigorous it's incredible to work in the vineyards we need at least uh, three times uh, more uh, labor work yeah. in the vineyards to clean very well the area of the of the grapes because it's a very very vigorous plants so what you're saying is uh, the feminelle the water shoots yes feminelle. so you're going in in spring taking some leaves out so that there's less shade around the bunches there's less risk of uh, disease exactly also uh, for a uh, for an important reason because the grape is ready very very late so compared to the Sangiovese for example that in the middle of September is ready to be picked for the Sagrantino we have to arrive to the end of October in one of the most dangerous period in terms of risk of uh, botrytis and uh, all the stuff and so that period uh, is the period of the rain is the period of the fog and so the humidity is there and so we have to open spaces for for the wind to dry the grapes and this is uh, one of the big difficulties in the vineyards the second is that the production is never too big consider that the maximum quantity permitted from the appellation from the consortium is very very difficult to arrive to 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 reach because it's a uh, for the Sagrantino, when it's generous, uh, we can arrive to six tons per hectare of grape. That is very, very limited, but not for uh, an hour personal uh, shoes, but because... That's, that's about half what a Bordeaux vineyard would give. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Okay. And uh, in terms of uh, vineyard also, it's a, a grape very sensitive, okay? So the risk of uh, mold is very high, so we have to be very, very careful. But we are also lucky because the skin is very, very strong, okay? It's uh, also very nice to make the passito, that is uh, the traditional version of the Sagrantino. Do you make a passito? Not every year, in a very, very limited quantity. So the passito, you're picking the grapes as whole bunches by yes. hand, and then happens to make the passito when you pick the grape first of all you have to make a, like a selection because you have to choose the, the, the best bunches the best fruit uh, generally we call that grapes uh, 
open grapes. So loose bunches. Yes, and then uh, after picking the grape, we bring them to the cellar mm-hmm. in a very big room with big windows that helps the wind to uh, circulate. To airflow. Yes, and uh, we have to wait that the, the, the grapes become enough dry to have a good con- sugar concentration. So, so, so they shrivel, lose their water, and exactly. concentrate the sugar. And the, the period is about between 40 and 60 days mm-hmm. before uh, doing the, the harvest. And then you press? Then we press and we make the fermentation. That generally is very difficult, very difficult fermentation because the skins are uh, very stressed because after this a very long period uh, you risk to lose the naturalist in the skin but at the end uh, the wine is very very magic so what do you drink that with then? the traditional pairing is with roasted lamb so very particular because in mage a sweet wine with red meat is strange but we are talking about a red sweet wine very rich in tannins generally never too sweet and the lamb is uh, quite sweet meat very aromatic and especially if you work it uh, and you cook it with a lot of uh, oil and fat and spicy rosemary uh, thyme it can be very very nice you like cooking don't you i like uh, quite a lot cook yes uh, for sure uh, umbria is uh, a region when you learn to cook uh, from when you are a kid and the same is uh, also that you start to smell the wine from when you are a baby so it's uh, impossible for us to don't love the sagrantino even if uh, it's not so easy to grow sagrantino and uh, working work it in uh, in the cellar we are very very happy because uh, at the end of the job the satisfaction is very very big so i know you said it was a very difficult grape to work with but this area has had a boom of people wanting to invest uh, wanting to buy vineyards here and wanting to make Sagrantino. So what is the attraction? You've talked about the work, the incredible work that goes into making a Sagrantino. It's difficult in the vineyard, uh, produces all these water shoots. You have to do a lot of hand work. It's a difficult grape to ferment and it's probably a difficult grape to sell as well. Why do people want to come? Is it a challenge? Do, do people see Sagrantino as a challenge or do they love Sorry, or do they love Umbria, the centre of Italy, the green heart of Italy, beautiful landscape, a lot of history? I think it's uh, both the reason, for sure. It's uh, We can consider it a challenge, but uh, nobody will make an investment like this if they don't believe a lot in the potential of the grape and I think the potential is very big we are talking about a wine that has only 25 years of DOCG appellation that is nothing in this world and if I think that mostly of the production about 70% of the production is made with vineyards very young less than 20 years old and people like the wine now what can happen in the next 20-30 years when finally the grapes start to be more mature and holder we are even talking about one of the most stunning grape most stunning grape of the world and it's impossible to make a good wine without good grapes this is maybe a big reason second reason i think is the tourism that works around the Sagrantino so when we sell a bottle of Sagrantino we don't sell only a wine but we sell an entire region very rich in heart culture food and all the everything it's uh, around us so I think it's a good investment because Umbria now uh, is considered from everybody the new Tuscany 
this is the beauty of the region this is why people come here and say but it's so nice it's so cool it's very quiet people is lovely the landscape is fantastic food is great and wine is the wine pairing is incredible and the cost of the life i think it's it's very very good so when are you, when are you starting your job with the umbrian tourist board when does that start <laughs> alessandro Manicorni, thank you very much for coming in today and uh, sharing your not only your passion but your humor as well you're a fantastic interviewee you made me laugh uh, many times but obviously you really are a very um, professional young man you really know what you're doing and you're a fantastic ambassador for your winery and also for the region really your enthusiasm is infectious complimenti eh? thank you è stato veramente bravo grazie grazie è stato veramente un piacere per me piacere mio grazie, grazie dell'opportunità <laughs> sentiamo presto vieni a trovare se c'è un secondo in cantina assaggiamo qualcosa eh? okay. so as you said come and see me in the, in the winery and uh, um, I kind of always feel sorry for the, for the Sagrantino grapes being in your winery because you're, you you're so tough ah, drive me mad but uh, I know that you love them really so uh, you do don't you thank you hey, hey, hey. nice to meet you grazie Take it ciao, ciao, ciao ciao follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram 